0: You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 90, rain gutters, ice dams, and mold. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested. Interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now let's get to the episode.
1: Hello and welcome to the Toxic Mold Podcast. This is episode 90 rain gutters and eye stems that can lead to a mold infestation. So hopefully you guys enjoyed my solo podcast I did a couple weeks ago. Hopefully I'm doing okay. This is kind of new to me. I, I feel a lot more comfortable if, if I have someone like the wife that's very experienced next to me. But hopefully it's going well. She comes around every once in a while so we're, we're, we're still using her in the podcast. If you guys really enjoy her, don't be disappointed. We're this isn't a for sure permanent thing. She just thought I should start doing them on my own. Here we are. But anyhow, so it's January, 2021. You know, we all know how 2020 was. We, uh, we had to fight through a lot when it to come to the COVID and we're still fighting. So for those of you that are experiencing the devastating effects from, from COVID, our apologies because it's, it's been tough. It's been tough on everybody. So hopefully. You know, we're at the end of January and hopefully we're, we're starting to, uh, to come into a, a new type of year. It is 2021, so it is a new year. So going back to the rain gutters, the question a lot of people would ask is, well, who needs rain gutters and where should they be? All homes and structures need rain gutters. You know, a lot of people, when they're building a home, they think, well, you know, we didn't quite have enough money to put gutters on, so we'll just do that when we get the money. And then they try to put them, you know, maybe over a doorway, an entrance where people are walking in just so it's not dripping on you as you come into the home. If that's all you can afford at the time, I understand that. But rain gutters are not very expensive. They they really, you can buy, and I'll just say a typical home, you can buy rain gutters for the front and back of the home on that span the entire eaves for probably less than $1,000. Now, of course, you know, you want to put screens and stuff like that on there. As far as is it feasible, that's very feasible. It's so worth the money. And if you hire the right company, those rain gutters, and of course, if you put screens on them, they're going to last for years. When I say years, your gutters should last 15, 20 years without any issues if they've been installed properly. If you don't have screens on them, make sure you clean them. So let's go back to who needs them and where should they be. All properties need them. And it's an important component when it comes to grading and drainage and our listeners that have been listening for a long time I say a long time I've been doing it what a year and a half you know how important I believe grading and drainage is I mean it's pretty much besides your roof it's your first defense against moisture intrusion next to your foundation, and into your structure. You know, I've done so many mold inspections and seen so many mold mitigation jobs where if they would have had rain gutters, the the mold infestation probably wouldn't have happened. Just make sure, I say this all the time, water is the most destructive thing to a home. It can cause mold, which is a major, major issue, especially with your health, and also structurally. Over time, when that water sits right next to that foundation, the water's going to find a a way, follows the path of least resistance. So it's either going to... Sit there, cause a crack in your foundation, and then start infiltrating and coming into that crack, or it's going to just come right into a crack that's in your basement or crawl space. Just make sure you have proper grading and drainage. It's something that, in my opinion, is one of the most overlooked things when general contractors are building a structure. They just, they, they seem to think, you know, their expertise is, you know, framing and things like that. And, and they just kind of overlook that. It's, in my opinion, it's not an expensive thing. Make sure that your grading and drainage is done properly. Where do those gutters need to be? Like I said, they need to be on the eaves. So, on a home, you have two gable ends. Gable ends is where it's just flat. Usually, there's a vent there for your attic. Your eaves is obviously where you have that overhang on your roof. So, typically, they're, you know, your door's or typically on on the eaves, not on them, but you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> They're on the same side as the eaves. Usually, for the most part, you don't have, you know, doors or windows on gable ends just because that's typically it's it's a major bearing point. But anyhow, make sure you have them, not just above a deck or above a doorway. They need to go from one corner of the eaves to the other corner. The other thing we talked about and I mentioned is ice dams. For those of you that don't know what an ice dam is, it pretty much is what it sounds like. It's it's pretty simple. I guess for me it's simple. But what it is, is if you live anywhere like you do, or we do up here in Wyoming, the snow doesn't just melt and fall right off the roof. It accumulates up there. And typically in a valley, this is where it's most common, it's not Where it has to be, all that snow builds up. Well, then it starts, it works as an insulator, the snow does, if that makes sense. So, you, you know, once you have two feet of snow right here in one spot, that snow acts as an insulator, and then obviously below that, you have your shingles and your attic area that is insulated, and it's supposed to obviously stay warm up there. What happens is the snow right above the shingles so way underneath the snow starts to melt well where's that snow gonna go when it melts it has nowhere to go usually except for up and underneath those shingles what happens is it, it more or less just it kind of forces its way up underneath the sub and then usually or potentially up into the attic area. And for the most part, nobody has a clue what's happening. You just kind of look up there on your roof and you say, wow, there's kind of a lot of snow there, but it's okay. Or, you know, you don't want to be standing underneath that when it falls. And even another indicator would be on homes, you can see if, you know, you're walking up to the front door. You can see, like, where where this valley comes down off the roof, there's just... Ton of snow sitting there. Well that's telling you, and it's gonna sound kind of like an oxymoron. It's a good thing if that snow's on the ground. It's a lot better there than it is up on the roof. You obviously know you have an issue. And so for ice dams, the biggest thing we usually see with an ice dam is like I said, the fact that it gets up underneath those shingles and it starts rotting that subroof, and then over time you end up having wet insulation up in the attic. Most of the time you don't see water stains on the sheetrock inside the home on the ceiling, so it's kind of tough to detect. But if you do have a an ice dam you really need to make sure that you do an attic inspection and make sure that that moisture is not coming back up into your attic because two of the toughest areas for mold mitigation as most of you can understand most of you don't even get up in your attic and i don't blame you would be in your attic and in your crawl space it's just because the, the work the work area is just it's so small and it's minimal and sometimes if it's too small we actually have to access it especially right at an eve we have to access that from inside the home So if you can imagine we gotta tear the sheetrock down, you probably don't want that in your master bedroom or in your living room. We're tearing down sheetrock just to be able to take care of a mold problem. Keep that in mind. If you have ice dams, make sure that you're, you're monitoring the areas adjacent to them. And make sure you're not having a moisture issue. I kind of touched on if that snow's on the ground, that's a good thing. It is a good thing for the most part until that melts. So when that melts, where's that snow going? And just keep in mind, it's the same effect as the roof. If the snow closest to the foundation or your structure is melting quicker than the stuff that's further away from the home, all that water is just going to sit right there at your foundation. Make sure you're keeping a good eye on things like that. And how would you prevent issues down the road you know for the most part it's tough unless you know you want to shovel all the snow but one of the options or you know i call them engineered measure that you can put in place you can actually put a sump pit you obviously would have to do this in the springtime just put you a sump pit in there with an float activated sump pump and then obviously it's got to be piped to somewhere away from the home that once that that snow melts and the water comes into that sump pit that float kicks on pump kicks on and it takes the water away from the home so keep that in mind If, if you do have big piles of snow next to your foundation. Even if the grading is perfect and it slopes away from the house, you're not always going to have the conditions where the snow furthest away from the home melts first and then runs away, you know. So hopefully that's how it works, but it doesn't always work that way. Speaking of the gutters and ice dams, I'm sure all of you are asking, well, what are the consequences of defective gutters or ice dams. As I said earlier, let's talk about the, the rain gutters. If you have gutters that don't have screens on them and they get debris in there, the water's just going to accumulate up in those gutters. It's not rarely, I should say it's not rarely will it make its way to those downspouts. So all that water's just sitting in the gutters. Obviously that's added weight. If the gutters aren't fastened properly, they're going to fall off and what good are your rain gutters if they're not taking the water to the downspouts. Obviously, that would be a concern that the gutters just structurally aren't going to be able to hold it. Also, like we talked about earlier, it's very important to get that water away from the home. You need functional rain gutters. We we talk about these in our our checklists. Uh, I talk about it all the time in my books. I'm talking about it right now on a podcast. I talk about it all the time. Make sure you're doing routine inspections so you can see if there are issues with things like that. Other consequences like we were talking about with the ice dams, I pretty much covered all that. You have an ice dam, that water's going to figure out a way to get typically up into the attic area. Another thing that it can do is cause major icicles. And those of you that that live in an area like we do here in Wyoming where it freezes, you see the icicles in your like, wow, that's cool. They're cool to look at, but they're obviously dangerous, and they're not healthy for your home. I mean, the, those those icicles could get so large that they would literally pull your rain gutter from the fascia. If you're if you have things like that, you probably should address it. Talking about ice dams, what what do you do to prevent though? I'm sure you know many of you are wondering that, and you're like Steve, why don't you tell us the, the best fix to eliminating. Uh, ice dams and accumulations on your roof, especially at the eaves, is to put heat tape up there. And people call it different things, de-icing tape. I I just call it heat tape. But for those of you that know what it is, you'll see it's kind of just like a zigzag formation along the whole eaves in front of a home and in the back. Some people try to just go, you know, a little less money and just do around the doorways and whatnot, I would obviously encourage you doing it across the entire eaves, just like you would gutters. So you put that heat tape up there. It just sits on the subroof. It's there the entire year. You don't have to go out there, put it up, take it down like Christmas lights, and then you plug it in. Some operate on a thermostat. Some you just plug in. They're always on. Obviously, I would recommend a thermostat, but that will prevent snow accumulations at the eaves of your roof. That's how you take care of that. So our call to action. I try to do this in every episode. What is my call to action? It's something I'm telling you to go out and do right now or in the next couple days. So what is our call to action? Take a trip or a walk around your home right now. Look for snow accumulating on the eaves and snow right next to your foundation. Is there anything you can really do about it right now? Maybe not. If you can, address it, shovel it away, do whatever you can do. But go out, just walk around the entire perimeter of your home. Make sure you're not walking under the eaves too, just in case there's snow or icicles hanging. And just do a quick inspection. Also, we do consultations online. I'm sure our listeners that have been listening for a while know that. If you're on my email list, I talk about it there, our Facebook page. But if you need a consultation, they're very inexpensive. And I guarantee you're going to get a wealth of information. And, you know, we send a questionnaire out. It covers all that stuff as far as trying to get everything compiled before the consultation. That way we don't get on the phone and I say, well, what kind of siding do you have? Or do you have a basement? Things like that. We, we, we have a questionnaire that we get taken care of. We ask for additional pictures if we need them. So that way, when you're on that call with me, you're going to get 90 minutes of very quality time and then obviously I, I do a follow-up and i just i'll send you a document that more or less it's the notes that i wrote down and then my recommendations to you so so you get that doc if you want to do a phone consultation go to our website it's cnc so charlie nancy charlie contractor services with an s dot com and you can book a consult.
0: prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.